Hi, I am Dr. Tranquility, and I want to tell you about my protocol, date therapy. It's been seen on BBC and The View and um, Fox and abcnews.com and so many other places. Um, It's an inside-out protocol. So if you're really trying to figure out what it is that you're looking for, uh, maybe you're new to the dating game, perhaps you're back in the dating game after a breakup or a divorce, this is a protocol that helps you get in touch with your true desires, your wants. And it helps you to formulate a sort of guide on a subconscious level that you can then use with matchmakers and dating sites and Tinder and everything else you want to use it with to really cut through the BS, yeah? Cut through all the extraneous stuff and just get to the core of what you're looking for and what your desires are. Date therapy. You'll find it on datetherapy.com. I am Dr. Tranquility. Stay tuned. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Maria Marshall from Gaia Goddess. I am filling in tonight for Lydia, Dr. Tranquility from Conscious Dating and Relationships. Lydia took a little hiatus, but she will be back next week in full swing. So definitely tune in next week for Lydia. Um, Tonight, we have an amazing money healer. Uh, But before I introduce her, I just want to mention a little bit about myself. So I am CEO and founder of Gaia Goddess. We are an eco-feminist community here to heal, inspire, and educate the divine feminine awakening on the planet. Uh, You can find us at GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com. We have monthly memberships and some retreat experiences. And also you can follow us on Instagram. We have a free membership right now. We have a retreat coming up in Greece at an amazing, amazing retreat center called Euphoria. Uh, Their restaurant is, get this, Gaia, called Gaia. And... um, So the dates are July 20th to July 25th. We have a beautifully planned out program with lots of uh, incredible, their spa is incredible with their hydro bath. So you just have to even just check it out. Even if you can't make it, this is a place you're going to want to come to. So on on that note, um, I would love to introduce a friend, a newish friend, but I think she'll be an old friend, <laughs> um, and also a coach who I am presently working with. Her name is Megan, but affectionately known by her friends as Mira Lathrop, and she is a previous, you know, investment banker with Morgan Stanley. She has many many years uh, experience with that where she went from that, she bridged um, certified money coach and um, and planner. And then after that, co-created Capital One um, program. And uh, Megan, tell me a little bit about the Capital One, because I know we discussed that when you and I had our second session. And it's really kind of interesting what you did there. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. And first I of all, I have more to say about you, but we're just yes. going to stop for yes. now on that one. <laughs> well, you had me stopped at your eco-feminist organization <laughs> and how powerful what you're creating is. And just an honor to be here. And I'm so excited to just continue to be in these dynamic conversations with you um, and bringing sisterhood together in this conversation. So something you do so well. Um, but yes, I'll jump in and share about the, the money coaching program as it actually probably to date is a highlight of my career. And it's when everything came together um, that I had done thus far. So a client of mine actually invited me in. She was a designer at Capital One. And they were looking for someone who had a financial background, a coaching background, and a psychology background. So I have my master's degree in integral psychology. Obviously, I'm a life coach and a money coach, um, and I've been a financial advisor. And so at the time, especially this is maybe 10 years ago, that was a very rare combination. Not a lot of people's brains and minds like to go in both those directions. Um, so I came in and did a little bit of work with them on a research project we were doing. And kind of long story short, at the end of that, we proposed to the the team we were working with uh, that, well, I, I came... I came up with the idea because I had declared it five years before that I had wanted money coaching to be something that is available to all people. And may it be a part of a regular conversation inside of financial institutions and organizations, not, not only a one-off thing that some people might hear about or have the opportunity, but that this is, this is an obvious standard necessary part of the conversation. So I had declared that five years before, and then suddenly I found myself in the moment where that was coming together. And I proposed, hey, let's create a program around money coaching, have it be available to your customers or to the public. And, you know, we can talk more about what that is. And the, the group was quiet for a bit, I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but within a week, they decided to go forward with it. And another woman who was leading the project and some designers and coaches and people inside Capital One, myself, some engineers, we all came together and created um, this program. And what it was, was it offered free in-person money coaching to the public, simply sponsored by Capital One. So not even just for Capital One customers. Um, so anyone could come in and have a real authentic conversation around what was actually happening for them around money. You know, yeah. people were experiencing it kind of like money therapy and authentic conversations and the actual tools and skills they needed. You know, they didn't need to just be asked if they needed a checking account or an IRA, they needed to work through much deeper issues around money. Yes. And um, I understand that's still in place. Yes, it's still happening. And even yep. through COVID, I was there and led the program as the co-creator for five years and toured the country and trained ambassadors, which are their their mm -hmm. tellers on how to have these authentic conversations also. And then after I, I retired and moved on, they kept it going. And then through COVID, they simply moved it online, kind of like everything else. Amazing. And it's morphed and had some adjustments, but it still it still exists. That must be very satisfying for you as the creator um, to see it live it beyond is. your involvement. I mean, you're it so is. Involved, but you know, it's still going on something you created. How? Yes. And also this, um, I yes, mean, exactly. I could go on and on about all the things that you're doing and done, but so let's talk about this other piece here, bridge from current financial paradigms 
to new ones. And you know, people don't like change. <laughs> people, you know, you've got psychology behind you. So people resist change. And sometimes we have to be open to like just change and what that looks like and not be in fear of it. So what does that look like for people going from old paradigm systems to new paradigm? Wow. Juicy question, Maria. So in one <laughs> sense, this is everything. Everything I teach sort of falls under this. So I'll sort of sprinkle a few maybe of the larger themes. Um, but the old paradigm, right, is like both what we're moving away from, like we're moving into the new, but it's also what we all as humans just default to. If we're not given the opportunity to step out of it or hear some other ideas or choose something else, it's just going to be the way that it is. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but there's power in knowing that, like like a fish is swimming in water. It doesn't really know anything else. It's just the water it swims in. That's kind of how I think of the old paradigm for us you know, now in this year, 2023. And what that really consists of is ways of being that have cre have created the financial structures the way that they are. Um, and a lot of it, right, includes fear and greed and ego and forcing and manipulation and lack of transparency and things that are in all of us, right? They're, it's embedded inside of almost every system, the financial system, and inside of each of us in our shadows. So, you know, it, it is what it is, right? And so, but the old paradigm and also, also consists of, you know, maybe having our head in the sand and not having, you know, an empowered relationship with money or, you know, maybe being victimized. So there's a whole set of archetypes that are part of the old paradigm, a whole set of ways of being, and then just also the current reality as it's set up. And the new paradigm around money, which I, I consider myself, you know, I, I received this in a dream and I experienced it happens often, you know, being a messenger of this new paradigm. And so it's really, a space that yes right we we can talk in the space that it's it's a vibration and it's a way of being and a, and a foundational part of the new paradigm is being in possibility so it's not only doing and being what's happened before or what we think is possible because we've seen it for ourselves or for someone in our life but it's actually creating something from nothing for the sake of it whether that's how you live your life or how you choose to relate to your finances or how you talk about money, but it's all coming from a place of conscious choice around who you choose to be and what realm of possibility you're, you're playing and creating in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to uh, mention to our audience that I have been hearing a little like staticky type of thing. So I invite our audience that if there is any sound interference, it doesn't seem that bad. Like just tune it out. And tune in to Megan because what she has to say and share is, is so valuable. And we can just like let that other part go. So I'm not sure if the audience is going to hear it when this is aired, but I'm hearing it um, more when you're speaking. So maybe the audience won't pick up on it. But I'm putting that out as an invitation to the audience as they and then yes. as they um, listen. And uh, okay, so we have a, a, a few, couple of other things to touch on before you get into the real, real meat, juicy stuff that you and I want to talk about. And um, okay, co-founder of Women Power Our Planet, so you know Gaia Goddess, is all about empowering the divine feminine as she awakens. And then I have a feeling we shift to 
working with the men and working with the women and then bridging the two and, and, and allowing that balance between the masculine and the feminine to reestablish itself. Um, so when you say women empower our planet, co-founder of this, what, what is this organization? What, and what do you mean mm -hmm. by women power our planet? Yes. So, well, it's a nonprofit that two colleagues of mine and I created in New York um, back before the pandemic. So four or five, four years ago or so. Um, so I was partnered with um, a, cli a climate scientist and another just powerful influencer, sustainable model and brand activist and just powerhouse in New York, Don. And together, the three of us created this community and platform that was all centered around building community to share information on how women can align their investments with the future they want to be a part of and they're choosing to create. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it involved, I hosted live events and panels where I interviewed women who had created, who lived on indigenous land and created technology to women who were spearheading, you know, horizontal farming to, you know, financial investors who invested in, had a gender lens and they invested in, you know, female led organizations. So it was so dynamic. And it was really a way for me to bring resources, ideas, investment opportunities, conversations to women to both divest like withdraw our funds. So for example, I broke up that during that time with Chase Bank. And I, <laughs> I led a campaign called hashtag. Story. Yes. Tell <laughs> hashtag break up with your bank. And I went in and had a very loving, you know, conscious uncoupling with Chase Bank. And, you know, we videoed it. And it was really sweet. They loved it. We loved it. There was just simply gratitude and bringing it to like a conscious completion. And I let them know why, you know, I didn't believe in how they were investing their funds into things that were impacting the planet. And, you know, I had all my stats of the billions of dollars that were, you know, going towards extracting things from Gaia and the harm it was doing. And I actually was informing all the tellers, like they didn't even know these stats. So it was a really beautiful mm. experience, but that's one example of, we created opportunities for people to step into their choice around their resources from a place of, of just compassion and, and empowerment. There wasn't any judgment or shame or anything needing, you know, no pace to it. It was just an invitation to look a little deeper and yeah. we had so much fun. And so it's still currently our website is up womenpowerplanet.org and it has tons of resources and recommendations of people to work with and investments um we've paused all of our live events um for now but um we're still you know we're still a community that's having the conversation yeah and so i i understand also you know, with everything you're doing you're very 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 busy you're also in mexico which makes me a little bit jealous but <laughs> um with everything you're doing also I see that you are, you have been developing a nationwide financial empowerment curriculum for survivors of sex trafficking. And that yes. is huge. I mean, that, wow. Where to start there, you know? I mean, my gosh, you talk about wounding and working with someone who really needs healing. And then you're also working with financial empowerment while they're coming out of all of this. I, I just, um, what stage are you at with this development? Yeah, well, it's ongoing. So back when I lived in New York, a woman came to me to, who had, she was, uh, you know, maybe in her 
fifties, but she had been, you know, entered the sex trafficking world when she was six or seven years old. Um, so she had done a lot of healing. She had been out of it for, you know, decades. Um, but the final piece that she was not, you know, healed or feeling empowered or having options in her life was around money. So by working with her, it really opened up the doors for me to really get what was at the source for women and anyone really who has been in a situation where resources come in in that way and they do not receive them. And there's that level of, of trauma. Um, and so by, I worked with her very intimately and she, she speaks openly about our work and um, I can maybe even share some about about her in our show notes. She's a public speaker and has a lot out there about her life and her journey. Um, but I simultaneously created um, a program for for people who have come out of sex trafficking and supporting them into their entrepreneurship. And I already led that actually back in New York. I partnered with NYU and their spiritual education department. And we let that I was part of a larger program that they had going on, on ca causing these women to be entrepreneurs as well. Um, so it's something I'm actively a part of. People come to me for coaching. That program exists. Um, mm -hmm. There's different pieces. So I'm always kind of contributing into that space. It's been probably, I feel in the future, that'll be something that I would like to put, you know, a dominant amount of my energy into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that, you know, between private clients and then the group work, speaking of the group work, you were in Mexico City working with a group yes. of artists and you had a program yes. and you recently finished that program, Mexico city, not, I'm not going to say starving artists, but there is a complex or there is a belief system that artists hold about what it is to be creative and also handle money. So there's a lot of yes. healing around that. Tell me how that went for you and for the group. Yes. Yes. So how, how, yeah, I mean, yeah. can you talk about it? Because I know you took, yeah. a, you took a oh, pause absolutely. there. It felt like you were kind of taking in the moment of the question and just feeling into what was like really wanting to be expressed. Yeah. Yes. Well, I was thinking about the vision that we have for this program. So it was called El Artista y El Dinero, the artist and money. And it, you know, here's the thing with money. So often we come in with these different levels lenses, right? Like you were saying, if we're an artist, we might not want to even engage with money or we might, you know, be, you know, couch surfing to do our art or whatever it might be. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all kind of doing the same work and it went to really deep layers of healing childhood trauma. Mm. So I would say my kind of takeaway from this group is, you know, for me, it was a whole new experience leading part of the program in Spanish, you know, working with people from another country in a different, you know, social, social background, um, truly, you know, a new cultural experience to lead workshops and events here with everyone being, you know, born and raised in Mexico city, um, for the most part and, um, seeing them go to the depths by the end of the first day to surfacing, um, pieces of their lives that were ready to be healed and were ready to come to the surface. And it was attached that wounding or pain was attached in some way to that person's narratives and beliefs and relationship with money. 
Um, so, you know, you and I have talked about Maria, how just money so often just is the doorway to healing, right? It's not so much usually about money itself. It's just what gets attached to it or associated with it or projected onto it, or, you know, the way we've, we've related to it our whole life. So, so these artists were so brave and they went through this journey. It was an all, you know, it was a month long experience and they all came out with these huge breakthroughs and new roles and leaving jobs that weren't right for them, starting their own businesses, talking about what their art is worth and what they want to charge, you know, having all these conversations they were never having before, committing to their own path. So it was so beautiful. Um, so it's continuing. That was our pilot and our launch. And it's something that is we're being invited to continue in other places in Mexico. And someone wants us to begin it in London and in Holland. So we're, we're holding the space of like, Kind of if you think of like a 12-step program or, you know, a BNI, a business networking group, international, that these could be meetings all around the world where artists can come for a one-hour meeting and, you know, shed their baggage around money and being someone who receives, you know, abundance um, and stepping into their empowerment and have community all around the world. So this is just the beginning. The seed that uh, so this been planted. the first one? Yes. Yes. Oh, this was wow. an idea. Kind of. That's, that's this actually, Maria, was just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this. This began almost just like the money coaching program. When I was at um, Morgan Stanley, I made that declaration of wouldn't it be great if money coaching were a thing and inside of a bank. And five years later, it happened. And then I was working with my one client who about five years ago, I shared with her working with artists is my top passion around money. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could create something together for artists and money? Because she was an artist and worked with me around her relationship to money. And she's the one who moved here to Mexico city. And then five years later invited me to co-create with her this program. So, so you're just going to have to come to New York city so I can bring you to all the wellness spaces because everybody needs this. I miss New York. Yes. (laughs) Well, um, after I come to Mexico to visit you, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) so that leads me to then, you know, we've been working together and when you say that, you know, what money is to people, it's not really the money. It's not really the paper and the coins. It's what it what it symbolizes and the attachment you have and the stories you have around it and safety, survival, basic needs, right? Like we are, you know, people can survive on very, very, very little. It's not really about survival. And, um, but it's, you know, healing the stories and, and all the experiences, whether they be, you know, past or now or whatever, but, you know, I'm, I know that you are looking through a spiritual lens and maybe you didn't set out that way when you started working for Morgan Stanley, maybe that was an evolution and, um, a transformation of your own journey and your own healing path. But it, it sounds that, you know, very much, much aligned with the, the spiritual lessons that people are learning and helping them to actualize the lives that they deserve and maybe don't know they deserve and, and need to heal. But, you know, how are you working with this? You know, how do you work with your clients? How do you work with people? What is it you really, you know, help people get to, to realize or to release like, what does it look like to 
work with you in this artist program? What it, what were some of the awarenesses that people had on the first day, the breakthroughs mm-hmm. that they had? Some mm-hmm. you don't have to mm-hmm. give names, but like some just personal anecdotes of this person was like broke down and they realized they had a moment, something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I'll say one exercise I did and then already several people's kind of stories and what they got from that are, are showing up. So, I mean, one of the main takeaways I think people get within the first hour was just a group of people talking about money openly and what they know and what they don't know and questions in this and just getting all the shame and embarrassment and guilt like out of the closet. So there's like a coming out of the closet to come and have just these <laughs> conversations, you know, inside of a safe and judgment-free and loving and fun and enjoyable container. Um, that alone, people said, changed their entire life, right? And I'm, I don't even count that as something you know, when I'm designing the program, that's just like a given baseline that is going to be that space. But, you know, after the first hour, people were just like invigorated and alive and felt like they were dropping just pounds of bags of stuff right. they weren't saying and stuff they felt bad about and shame. So getting that just off of everybody the first hour bring, creates so much more breathing room for possibility and for new insights to come through. And then, you know, one thing I introduced to my personal clients and also this group is getting to nothing. I call it like getting to zero. And I don't mean people to get to $0 in their bank account or have, you know, zero money, but getting to zero, meaning money is just money. Like, I don't think this that's positive and inflated about it. And I also don't think this inferior thing about it or people that have it or don't have it. Like, I don't think money's hard to get, nor do I think money grows on trees. Like it's just getting to zero. And that exercise alone, people have, we all bring our whole entire life's history to that conversation and to that, that lens is not clear. So when that lens got cleared and people got present to what are the stories, what are the experiences that are there about money that have them have an emotion or a sensation or a thought or a belief or anything, those all, all those things come up to be healed. So one woman's on the first day she shared and she was, she went into her family dynamics of abuse and, you know, abuse that went on in her family. I won't go into that, but it involved money in certain ways, but largely had her feel disempowered and small and not able to take up space, right? Like there isn't safe space for her. So she healed through the lens of money, which for various reasons, she wasn't able to heal these wounds in therapy and other trauma modalities she'd been doing. This group being together with these shared intentions, holding space for her and her really getting to get the piece that was tied to her not generating income in her life and not having money and all the suffering that that was creating for her, like her deciding that enough was enough. And she was done with that. Like that was like, she could no longer live that way. She was not willing to. It's kind of what gives people the nudge to go into those deeper waters and face what might be scary to face at first, as we know. But if you're when you're held and you feel and you're in, you know, an appropriate space to do that work, oh, that you know, the freedom and ease and joy that's on the other side. So the first shares, you know, again, halfway through the day, were people doing that level of resolving deep childhood traumas. Um Gosh, what other story wants to be told? Um, You know, 
so much was around, a lot came up around martyrdom. So a lot of artists and people giving a lot away to, and they, with an air of thinking they were doing it for the good and they were doing it to help and from a noble place. And they partially were, but what they weren't, what they, a couple people, maybe the whole group really to different degrees discovered that they were doing, they were giving to get, right. Which is a trademark of the martyr. And yeah. so then when they weren't getting what they needed money or, or respect or admiration or support, they were resentful and unhappy and didn't continue creating and didn't da, 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 da. So a lot of people found their empowerment through these archetypes and, and shedding a lot of those ways of being like I was just describing about the martyr. And, you know, here's the thing though, maybe this is the last little piece I'll say about your question is People get so much just by hearing people share about how they were with money, what they discovered and how they're going to be now. It's like, we don't get to talk about that. People, yeah. we didn't grow up talking about that at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about that with our friends. So mm -hmm. there's just a healing balm in and of itself by people to just bring this in and normalize this and us all own. Yeah. We have, of course we have this stuff. Like we're, we've lived on this planet and we're human and it's, you know, we don't need to hide this I, I, it's, anymore. You know, so true because today I was talking with our uh, retreat team for the next retreat and we were talking about what we would like to incorporate some more of. And we found that in the circles that we had, as opposed to different layouts of people in the room, um, people would have breakout sessions and share more. And, you know, I said, I really want people to be encouraged to share and to know that when they share, there's somebody else in the room that is going to get something from what they share. You know, either they're going to relate to it or they're going to say, it's safe to be vulnerable. It's safe to acknowledge I'm not perfect. It's safe to share. I just have an awareness that I want to share with everybody. And I can actually speak from that. You know, it's safe to just share and communicate. And I think that, um, I mean, so many groups, especially women, men, you know, connecting, like they, it's not safe to be vulnerable for some people. They think it's not safe, but you know, what I've learned is, is that invulnerability is the most immense strength. It's the most powerful you are when you are open and able to say, Oh, I just had a breakdown. I just, I just threw a fit or I just realized I really need to work on this piece. This piece goes back so far and through all of my ancestors, like this is big, like that's conquering. I don't know. That is tr tr truly for me, Absolutely. success that is showing up, oh. showing up for you, yes. showing up for the world, showing up for each other. So I understand what you're saying about sharing because I think it's really powerful and something that I hope we will all get really good at and feel comfortable and feel good about doing, you know, um, but, yes. you know, it's you're so piece right. by piece, yes. right? Yeah. And, you know, so oftentimes we go to these TED Talks and we listen to other people, you know, who have this great wisdom and I think that our societies are also sort of conditioned to, oh, this person knows it all, or this person is right. so knowledgeable, and so gifted. And look, they could be on, anybody could be on a TED talk. 
really anybody could be yeah. if they wanted to be. Yes. Yes. I mean, totally, totally. Not, yeah. Uh, I love that you're saying that and touching on this because so often as a, because I, you know, was a financial advisor and my fin certified financial planner and a coach, especially around money, we're trained to go to the experts, right? You know, and not trust yourself. So, so many people come to me and want me to tell them what to do and tell them exactly what to invest in and how to be. And what you're pointing to is exactly that where, you know, it's the next st stage of consciousness really where we move out of this expert zone and see, and people of course have expertise and gifts, but we're not relying on that. And I think real, you know, the coaching that I do and the coaching that I look for is where it's an, it's simply empowering the person to find that, find their own way. Right. And find that within. And that happens by us being what I call in coaching and consulting on the court we don't master something and really gain, you know, uh, an ability inside of living a, in a whole new way by, by watching videos, right? That's like a starting point. That's learning and kind of researching and getting acquainted with something. But it's so often what we, what we do. But what we, how we actually begin to embody and shift is by showing up, sharing, being vulnerable, making a mistake, failing, having a new conversation, having it just go, okay, trying again. That's when we're actually rewiring and remembering. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that, that's one of my, I think probably our shared passions with your, you know, what you're creating and the work that I do is creating these spaces where that happens. The remembering. This real life remembrance yes. and awakening yeah. as we're interacting and being with yep. each other. Yes, exactly. Yep. For sure. And then, you know, giving ourselves credit, you know, for credit for, um, yes. for the inner knowing and the connection that we have and the intuition that we have and the guidance and that we're all yeah. gifted. Nobody's, you know, nobody's better than another. Nobody's higher or lower. You know, we're all in this together kind of thing. And um, yes. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really great to like feel that and share that. And I love, that's one of the reasons why I love, you know, connecting with people on podcasts, because it's just like, when I speak to like-minded people, it just, mm. you know, it could just go on forever. Um, <laughs> which we're not going to do tonight because there's, there's a time limit, but, um, I guess, you know, what do you, what do you see, um, where do you see yourself making your biggest contribution, you know, um, knowing your mission? And I think you are pretty connected and pretty aware. If you had to guess, like, or you already know where your biggest contribution or the thing maybe that you're most passionate about bringing into the world. Wow. Um, what, what is it? Where is it? What does wow. that look like? Wow. Okay. Well, my, 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 I'll share what's alive for me right now. And then I might yeah. build on that as to longer term. Um, but right now my highest passion and my strong, like my clearest commitment is to bringing this transformation and just total internal and external shift to leaders in business, you know, inside organizations, so, and I think that's because of the upstream nature of working with a leader or someone in an organization of a hundred thousand people, you know, the power that I see when that leader shares from their vulnerability, brings forth these new ways of being, invites the leadership of their team and company. 
when all hundred thousand of those people align and come into a whole new reality for themselves, that is like how we're moving, we're, you know, our consciousness forward as a collective when it's these, you know, one at a time is amazing and there's a time for that. But I think for me right now, that's what is calling me. And I'm actually training myself in that. Like, you know, I have it, I'm a powerful coach and facilitator and all of that. Though to communicate things in a way that is in the listening and the way a group can understand is something I'm training myself into like, you know, I say mastering like, you know, playfully, but like, like really be making that an art form that I'm cultivating um, to really speak at that level with people from my own experience. So I think, you know, I've gone through so many things in my life as we all have. Right. And, and I think all of what we go through usually is unique to our purpose. So sure. all the things I've experienced, you know, I think it's like, that's getting instilled in me and seeping in me that my, my prayer and my intention for like the legacy I might leave is that how I've communicated and worked with people has given them that transmission that lives on. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's, the legacy or my like life's work is like contributing to leaders of large organizations yeah. that, you know, live on. And it's, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I just launched, so I can't say I'm a, but I see that. Like I even like after our first or second session, I was like, you know, something tells me, I don't know if it's now or maybe, you know, later when we're bigger, but you know, I want to work with you with the team because what I see is that, um, we are, you know, today I led the group in a meditation and, you know, we've all been stressed. We've been really busy. We're just catching up and, you know, startup land is not, <laughs> you know, I worked all weekend. Um, so I was just like, you know what? I want everybody to acknowledge their gifts and that they are sharing their gifts with this business. So I, I led a group meditation, had everyone around the table, even one was at the hospital with her mother, but I had us all call her in and see her seated there as well and root down, ground down and see Gaia goddess. There's a spirit of the earth in the center of the table and just give her, you know, three things, your gifts, your talents, your love, whatever you want to give to her, you want to nurture her with, you know, and then she's got all these boxes around her and she's giddy and she's happy. And now ask her for something in return, something you really like to get from the business. Is it, is it abundance? Is it, you know, feeling supported, more connection with her when you walk through nature, like, you know, talking to the plants and really like feeling that connection that's possible, you know, because I think a lot of us feel it, um, especially when we're in nature and, um, and just finished. It was a five minute meditation, just a, a short, sweet way of starting out the week in a wellness brand that wants to practice what it preaches. And, um, it was really, really sweet and nice. And everybody lo loved it. And the chat was like, we should do this every Monday. I'm like, we probably oh, should do I this bet. every meeting. <laughs> if it's five minutes, you know, like who knows, but it's so easy yeah. to, to get caught up again, back in the the grind and the, the, like, I got to work hard and I, especially with business. And I think supporting leaders, you know, that have the potential to impact 
so many lives, the people that are working for them, the people that are interacting with them on a spiritual level, like in, in, in the, you know, a sense of Gaia goddess is not only, you know, people are going to be running our retreat center. So we have handyman and we have retreat planners and we have house people who are taking care of the, you know, maintenance and making it all look beautiful along with educational planners. And I, I really have a vision of um, an eco community side by side to the retreat center where everybody just is, is honoring the land, communing with the land, communing with the education that's happening. And so I get really excited about the idea of working, you know, with the team because I'm a first time entrepreneur and learning to be, I'm a, I'm a Leo, so I'm probably a natural born leader, but that doesn't mean I'm good. It just means <laughs> I'm a natural born leader. I have to learn how to You're remembering be, also, you know, effectively and also yes. by, by being, you know, by mirroring what, yeah. you know, I want to see in the, the team. And so I do think the coaching for these businesses is going to be uh, certainly very important in the beginning of the new paradigms because it's not going to come natural. It's not going to be what people want to give up. It's not. No, it's very uncomfortable. I think the first part of the training I do with anyone operating at that level is really being willing to be uncomfortable and getting comfortable being uncomfortable only because it's a change and it's shifting some ways of being and it's seeing some things you hadn't seen. Like, you know, the inner work is not comfortable. So I think that's going to be a trait of our <laughs> this decade, our times is just be like being okay with being uncomfortable or comfortable. It's just, it is what it is in that moment and it's all going to pass and it's all for the good, but that's really key is creating a space where people can feel comfortable and know that it's okay to be confronted too, to be confronted. And, you know, I get confronted all day by my, my coach and people that train me pointing at seeing but, little things and this and that. And I'm just like, Oh, why did I do that? So why much did I, better. You know? So, I mean, I so know. much better with someone leading it in a group setting. Cause yes. you know, I can notice maybe that a teammate has a limiting belief and that limiting belief is affecting their job or whatever, or is affecting their judgments of something. And if I don't, you know, I don't want to call them out you know, because it's uncomfortable as a leader to say, you know, I'm sensing that there might be something from your history working here. And, uh, but if you put it in a safe space where there's someone else leading it and you all get to do that deep dive, then it's not the leader, you know, it's very hard to, to go that deep with people. And they're not always wanting to see it in themselves and you're picking up on it. And then if you point them out, you're making them wrong. So I feel like doing the exercises that they get there on their own. Nobody has to like point to it or, you know what I mean? uh, Because stuff's going to come up anyways. I mean, if you're there or someone else is there or nobody's there, People are going to grow spiritually through business. I didn't know until I started one that that I would be learning things through this business spiritually. You know, it's a spiritual thing. I'm like, oh, I thought I did all my spiritual work to be able to birth this business. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) 
the learning goes on. In fact, it's probably I know. more, you know, intense or uncomfortable. If those are the words you like to use sometimes. I'm like, really? Really? That's how you describe it? Uncomfortable? No. It could be, I'm not going to say the word. Uncomfortable is a gross understatement. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I know. All that I know is it gets less and less over time. It's like a muscle. It's yeah. like we make less meaning out of it. It has less of an impact on me. I move on faster. Like every time so much is gained, but I know it is, that is the truth. Well, there's no, and one other, I mean, there's really no alternative. I mean, you can try not. to stay in the same place, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. that will be difficult as well. So like, yes. you know, you might as well just go with the flow and um, don't I swim agree. uphill like a salmon. <laughs> yes. I know. One thing I wanted to add from what you were so beautifully saying a few minutes ago around, you know, having someone outside and how powerful that is, like working with teams. I want to just say yes. And I want to say, yes, that is what really starts to open it up and gets everything moving. And I'm also committed that any team or group I work with, like that team becomes sustainable and regenerative on their own, that there are ways of communication and leadership and being with each other and agreements such that whatever, whatever conversation needs to happen can happen. Like, could you imagine, Maria, like a world or a team where everyone on the team could be with, they could hear or receive any communication from anyone at any time? Like what kind of world and workability that would make possible yeah. if we, we knew the person had our best interest and we knew they're saying something to contribute to us and, you know, we could take a breath and look at it or maybe look at it later, um, yeah. but that it could be set up in such a way that like, or we can get totally confronted and triggered and upset and we can have that moment and the person can be with us then too. And that like, we actually can have a, it can be messy and it can be imperfect, but that teams can break down to break through, you know, wow. that's what I've seen with every group, there is a breakdown and that's what leads to the breakthrough, but we're all so scared of the breakdown. And I think the other thing that I'm, I'm so passionate about that as so many of us, I think, you know, we never received the skills, but it's having those repair conversations or those conversations for if something's not communicated in a way that landed well, or if someone's hurt, or if something has happened that has created a rupture that there can be a way, you know, I call it technology, you know, like we can have tools and technology and ways of being with each other to repair that. And that both people might have a commitment for that, like in a healthy culture, um, you yeah. know, not forced, of course, maybe that's not all the time as a standard, but as a general way of being like accepting that the breakdowns will happen mm -hmm. and we're committed to go through it together. Right. That alone would shift our entire culture sure. and of every team and organization. Yeah. So it's a language really, right? I mean, yes. it's like, you know, a way of, of communicating that every teammate knows is a possibility within the organization and they're kind of expecting it. So if, you know, yes, they get to this point, well said, what's the dialogue? What's the starting point? What, you do. what do we need to, what do we need yes. to get to, to repair yes. So that nobody, yeah, yes. It, sometimes it's so hard to a map. Find, I have to say, sometimes it's so hard to find the right words. And I, I know, uh, I'm not, you know, I've, I'm becoming 
more used to setting boundaries and agreements, but in my enthusiasm for this new yes. skill that I'm acquiring, I feel like I'm overstating it. I feel <laughs> oh, like I'm actually not as delicate as I possibly could be. And um, so I have to jimmy on back and find yes. that happy medium of, you know, I'm really, you know, get triggered or I see something, something or someone's out of alignment with the business or with my values, my core values for the business. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, but I got to like, now I need to address it sooner rather than later, like immediately. And mm -hmm. um, it's uncomfortable. It's still like, it's like, I, I actually feel like I go overboard, you know? So I think that um, it can, I, I can't, well, you're allowed. There's, there's a, there is a language to learn and to use. I sense this, or I, I don't know, in the wording yes. and the words, mm -hmm, I'm sure mm -hmm. you guys have all, you yeah. have all the words. <laughs> there are words and just ways of operating when people agree that brings like, it doesn't bring people's morality to the conversation. It doesn't bring right or wrong. There's ways to just communicate that are like you've been saying that they're just effective and work and it's exciting. It's growing how how this can look and it's growing <laughs> like it's expanding how people can come into these agreements and what these it's almost like having a map for conversations that are available to people on the table when they join an organization like oh if this happens talk to you know like have that clarity and empowerment of how things are going to get resolved and the other piece to all this maria for it to even work is for everyone to just get that breakdowns are going to happen and they're normal and let's just call them in like rather than try to avoid them or think it's not not going to happen or think it's a huge issue when something happens life the whole thing is going to just be a series of breakdowns right you know every every success there's so many quotes out there that i love that are just every great invention every success any monumental thing that was created was a series of, of total failures <laughs> yeah so i love that most people That's don't really want to go through that reality I mean I don't know. That's been partially my reality, like my experience, but yeah, I mean, like, well, and also we tend to focus more on the negative or, or what the breakdown was as opposed to like, wow, our team just ushered this in, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, as a yes. culture, we focus yeah. more on what's not working instead of working. And we're so self-critical. And, you know, we just have to take a minute for ourselves and, you know, back up and just know that we're, we're learning. If you're in it to learn, you're in it for the right reason. You can't be expected to be always know what you're doing. Always be so graceful. And, you know, it's, it's not, you're going to be, you're going to stumble. And I definitely feel like I stumble sometimes and that's okay. I think yes. people know where my heart's at. And so if I stumble and say something, well, I hope, you know, I think the, the idea is to like open up a conversation and talk about it afterwards. So, yes, yeah, I know right? that we're okay and that we're safe. Yes. Yeah. And then we don't have to be perfect. I've had to give up perfectionism like every day. I have to realize <laughs> it and give it up every single day. It stops me from having those. Openly admit to perfectionism. And I was. And I don't know yeah. if I still am probably not as definitely not as much. So there's, there's the levels to it. I want yes. to say. layers <laughs> and levels, <laughs> L and L. <laughs> yes. But I think we're, wow. I, this has been such a great talk and I, 
I think we're no. kind of getting to the end of the hour if we haven't already surpassed it. I um so I I would love to hear from you like anything you want to let the audience know where what are you doing how are you working how to find you um if they are a large corporation and they yes. want to work with the company you're also consulting with you know please the floor is yours <laughs> yeah yes yes thank you this was so delightful well yes as as i shared i think my highest passion is to just have exploratory calls with people who are part of an organization and if they see an opening for transformation. Um, so yes, I'm working with Vanto group and we are, we're one of the only transformational consulting groups in the globe on, on the entire earth. Actually, most consulting firms have different focuses and modalities that are their niche. And ours is literally in the space of causing transformation for the leaders such that they cause breakthrough, they have breakthrough results in the organization and the people's lives around them are transformed for the better. Um, so that is the work I'm the most passionate about. And I'd welcome any level of conversation with anyone about that. Um, so they can, we'll give my email maybe in, and websites in the show notes. Um, and then also, well, my web, my personal website is fun. It's financier, S-E-E-R. So you can find me and reach out to me there too, and see a little bit more of what I'm up to. Um, and then follow me on Instagram also. I'm Which very active in my screen, story right? sharing. Yes, there it is. That is my <laughs> there Instagram. There we go. Mira um, Meg, Meg's Lathrop. There it is. I'm going to leave yes. it over here too. <laughs> yes. And that's a place I, I feel like my Instagram is really a place to, my intention is to inspire possibility around how we can live. You know, for example, I'm here in Mexico. Like I'm, I'm, I have my two Huskies with me. I mean, there's just so many things that I've done that seem like there wouldn't be agreement or, you know, understanding of how it'd be possible. And I, I like to live in a world outside of templates, like whatever each person's alignment is to contribute. So those are conversations and coaching conversations. I love to have anyone who's looking to create their own, you know, aligned path and opened up, you know, no. And but willing and to live just, it, whatever it looks if, like. If I can just serve as a, you know, a live testimony, I've been working with you and, and it's been wonderful and so supportive. Oh my God. I just such great energy. It's always fun. We're always laughing our heads off, but we get work done and we do yes. go deep. We do go deep and we're comfortable there though. I mean, um, yeah. we definitely have had some, you know, some experience in, in this healing work. And so for me, looking at the money side, which really isn't about money, but looking at that side is, is very interesting. And I think just coming at a really opportune time, because here I am launching a business and it will serve me well to have that healed and also to be tuned into my, yes. my team and, you know, make sure that everybody's on the same page and we're all doing well. So um, it's been wonderful and we're still doing it and, <laughs> you know, we may still yes. be doing it for a while or, you know, we'll see in a year where Gaia goddess is and, um, yeah, I think so. But anyways, yes. everybody, thank you for tuning in. And once again, Dr. Tranquility, Lydia will be back next week. And so we hope you've enjoyed this 
podcast. I know I have. <laughs> and thank you so much, Megan, for coming on and doing this. I know your life is all over the place and you made a special um, consideration yes. for me. So I appreciate oh, it. Oh, yes, of course. Thank and, you so um, much for having me and thank you for yes, being here. Have a great night and I'm just going to turn us. Hi. I want to tell you about a community that I've recently joined called GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com. Gaia Goddess Lifestyle is an eco-feminist movement that supports women through retreats, events, online classes, and in media content. They bring women together to empower them through education, inspiration, and healing. Become a free member and join the newsletter at www.gaiagoddesslifestyle.com. That's www.gaiagoddesslifestyle.com. And see the website for information about their upcoming women's retreats in Maui, Hawaii. For GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com, I am Dr. Tranquility Lydia. Stay tuned.